What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. If you don't know about Liquid IV, it brings hydration into your bloodstream two to three times faster and more efficiently than water. Highly recommend checking it out. My code is Victoria Brown, and you will receive 25% off their website and free shipping. Thanks to Liquid IV. Welcome back. Today is a great episode, you guys. I have Ash Wilking on today, and she is so many things. This girl is a powerhouse. She is a rumble trainer. You can take her classes in person. You can also take her classes on Equinox Plus on the Rumble app. You can also take her bad ass. You can download her app and work out with her that way. She just did a half Ironman. Oh my goodness. She's a sponsored athlete. There's so many things that she is, but we're going to peel back some of those layers today and talk about, you know, the vulnerable stuff, the hard stuff, how she got to where she is and kind of what the mindset is behind someone who is able to do a half Ironman and someone who's able to, you know, run those, you know, half marathon and all of those things, the mindset that it takes to be an athlete and understanding that there's so many parallels in life between these workouts that we do or these things that we do and what our actual life is and taking all the things that we're fighting for in our lives and putting them behind those hard workouts that we do or anything hard in life that we all go through, right? Just drawing those parallels. So I'm excited to share this conversation with all of you. I think that there will be something for everyone in this conversation. And yeah, you don't want to miss it. So here we go. Are we here? Are we doing this? Oh my gosh. I'm it's happening. So, it's <laughs> happening. I am so, so, so excited to have Ashley on today. I call you Ashley. Do you always go by Ash? You know what's funny is because when you and I met, I still went by Ashley. Okay. <laughs> and then okay. This, this transition to Ash became a very real thing. So yeah. you know what? I feel like you're a part of a very exclusive crew that can call me by my full name. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that's actually very similar for me too, because like people who know me from, you know, elementary, middle, high school, um, and, and even college call me Tori. And most people don't know that. So, right. yeah. But we're going to get into all the stuff and all the things today. So Ash or Ashley, both she's here and we're going to talk about all the stuff and all the things. I'm just so pumped to have you here. I'm so stoked to be here. One to see you and two, just to like catch up. <laughs> this is how we catch up nowadays. <laughs> I know, right? I love it. So we're going to kick it off today. You're doing so much, so many things. You're juggling so much and it's inspiring to see and it's inspiring to watch. And so in honor of, you know, the Very Best Self podcast, you know, let's just kick it off with asking you, who is Ash Wilking at her very <laughs> best self? What does that mean to you? Ash Wilking is an on-the-go, nonstop, very driven and passionate Pisces, emotional, a little bit chaotic force. <laughs> How's that? How does that go off? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks for the intro and the highlight. But, you know, I'm just, 
honestly, I'm just, I'm doing what I love right now. And I think I'm finally at a place in my life where anything that I'm involved in and, and yes, that may be a few different things, but anything I'm involved in, I'm all in. So, which is kind of interesting. I have, a, I'm a hundred percent into everything that I'm doing, but I'm finally at a place where I'm only doing the things that I really want to be doing, which is I love that. great to say. Yeah. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of who we are as we're growing up and as we're figuring things out in our lives where we're like, okay, am I going to just like dip a toe in the water and like see how it is? Or are we going to cannonball into the deep end? And I find that, you know, in every, in anything I do, I'm always more successful when I just cannonball into the deep end. Absolutely. I mean, that's the scary part, right? Is that we want to test a few things out, but we're terrified that if we go all in, we have to retrace our steps to get back where we were before we made the jump, which is almost impossible. Right. So I think the reality is, is like, just go all in. And then if it doesn't work, like start there. Like that's that, that's right. your new best self, right? Like think of what you right. learned from that cannonball, right? You probably had a nose plug the next time. You might need yeah. floaties the next time. <laughs> like, what do you bring with you on the next It's a way better starting jump? point to go from. I think top of mind, the first thing I feel like I just like, am like dying to talk to you about and dive into is like, you just did an Iron Man. <laughs> like, well, tiny correction. I didn't do a full because like that's a big, that, that, yeah, that is like quite seven, a big deal. What did you call it? I did. It's a 70.3. So I did a half Iron okay. Man. Okay. For everybody who doesn't know, because I did see the 70.3 and I wasn't sure what that meant, but I did see the word Iron Man and I was like, whoa. It is really exciting to like finally be a part of like the quote unquote Iron Man crew is um, it's really nice. So yes. So I did my first 70.3, which is a half Iron Man to give the exact distance, that is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike directly into a half marathon. Wow. And the, the fact that I even like say that out loud again, I still can't believe I actually did it. <laughs> so I raced in St. George, Utah, which was stunning. It was a, just an unbelievable race. So uh, I have a few friends that have done them before. One friend in particular who was kind of like the first friend that was like, hey, let's go for like a 50 mile bike ride. I'm like, you're crazy. I can't do that. And then I did it. And then you know, he's like, we should do like a really, you should get a century under your belt and do a hundred miles on your bike. I'm like, no way I can do that. Last summer we rode from New York to Montauk. So, you know, he's I like, remember all right. when you did that and I followed we- along in all your stories and I'm like, this chick is going to ride her bicycle from New York city to the Hamptons. I'm like, she's either crazy or just like the coolest person I've ever met because that we was just did that on a whim. It was literally like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I have a day off. He's like, sure, let's do it. You know, it was still, COVID time. So we were able to kind of work remotely. We were both taking conference calls from the bicycle. But yeah, so he was kind of the one that was like, look, you know, there's this really great race. You know, I think as things start to reopen, I know that you thrive kind of off of having something to work towards. And, you know, you'll have already launched the app and and done these things. So why don't you do this race with us? And I was like, okay, sure. I've never really seen Utah and you know, I, I have a few other like big plans that I want this to lead into. So it was kind of, I had to like check this off the box before I started jumping in. So it was wild. And I will say it was the greatest and hardest thing that I've ever done as an athlete, like mentally, emotionally, it was six hours of just ultimate highs, really deep lows. And a lot of like, there was a lot of soul searching that went down in six hours. Let me tell you, I came out of That's really what I want to get into is like, there's always... I think, you know, I feel like the thread that ties people together when they go after these giant, you know, goals of completing a half Ironman or full Ironman or running a marathon or whatever it is, you know, I feel like there's always like a driving force kind of behind 
that, taking each step and, you know, or each, you know, swimming, you know, each stroke, if you will. So what was driving you? What was the thing that's like pushing you to get to the finish line? When I signed up for this, and I think it's, it's really interesting because I think this can tie into a lot of different things that we do. Sometimes we do them kind of as a just because, and we don't realize fully what we're signing up for, right? And it was like, cool, I'm going to do a race. I'm going to hang out with my friends for a week in Utah and we're going to go hiking. It's going to be great. And, you know, over the next few months, like a few things happened. And it's funny because your why, yes, you can go into it with a specific reason. And for me, it was, I want to check this really challenging thing off of my to-do list and off of my like bucket list, you know, and then midway through training and you know, it's, it's interesting. You can always have different reasons for it. And so midway through training, my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's and we had kind of known that something was off and something was different. And, you know, you chalk it up to, oh, well, you know, he's kind of tired and he's, he's getting older. And I also, you know, hadn't seen them for a year. So over that few months that they were in this quarantine, no one had really seen this decline happening other than my mom. So we officially got the news, confirmed that it was Parkinson's. And, you know, my family is like my, my, like, and like many people, they're, they're my rock. So we lost my sister when I was 12. You know, my dad had pretty massive health issues when I was in second grade. We almost lost him. He was hit by a drunk driver. We've just kind of, as a family, had those massive moments that have just continuously like brought us back in, in even tighter. So so knowing, <laughs> knowing that, you know, all of a sudden I started having these, my biggest fear in life is that my body will give out on me or that my mind will give out on me. And that I, you know, that I won't be capable of doing the things that I love. And I just had that, that realization again. And I, you know, I've gone through that so much with my sister is we've got to do it all now because we don't have tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, instead of it being that it was, I have to really enjoy where I am, like physically as an athlete, you know, like this, like young spirited, I have the time, I have the energy to go. And so, you know, my training immediately became, this is such an honor to be able to do this. And I kind of got quiet about it. It's, I actually haven't really told anybody about my dad yet because I've just still been processing, but I would do my long runs. So I remember doing my first brick. I did a three hour bike ride in my apartment in New York city on a trainer I had all my snacks. I ate a glazed donut. It was the best thing ever. And then I got off my bike and I had to run for an hour around New York. And I'll never forget, I crossed over the Williamsburg Bridge. I was doing like the Williamsburg, the Brooklyn. I was doing this whole loop around, you know, lower Manhattan. And I just, I just started like hysterically crying midway through a run. And I was just like in awe of myself that I rode my bike for three hours and then I could do this run. And it was a, it was a training exercise. It wasn't actually the race. So, you know, all of a sudden, every time that I had those moments, I was like, but you get to do this and and you're healthy enough and your body can, it's capable enough. And I think every time I hit a roadblock, it was, I'm doing this for dad. Like he's never going to be able to do this. Right. And then, so I'm experiencing this for him. So, so even doing the race, right. I show up, you know, we get there the week of, I think a few people saw this on my Instagram story, but we went to do a test swim in the reservoir. And by the way, I'm a swimmer. I grew up, I've been swimming since I was like four competitively. I've done races before. I've been a surfer in a wetsuit. You know, I've experienced it, but we jumped into the reservoir. It was like 58 degrees. And, you know, they say it's almost like, it's a little bit like vertigo. So apparently when you get a vertigo test, they put like push cold water into your ear, which I didn't realize. And so I was swimming and I got a few strokes in. Meanwhile, I'm with my friend, Matt, and I just kind of had this like panic moment. 
and it was, I didn't know which way was up or down. You could see the light, but you're also, your face is in the water. So I couldn't figure out what direction I needed to be in. I was completely just lost. And I started panicking and I had this panic attack in freezing cold water three days before I'm supposed to do an Ironman. I have friends around me. I'm supposed to be an athlete. And, you know, I got to this rock and I'm literally sitting in the middle of the reservoir on a rock. And I'm like, I can't do this. How, like, what is happening? And, you know, it's those moments that you, that you have to like panic. You have to have the moments of like, I am not invincible. End of story. Like I'm going to have these moments and, you know, you adjust and you pivot. And I talked to my friends and we fixed my equipment. And then, you know, day of the race was again, like the best and worst six hours. So I got into the swim. It was the best swim I've ever done in my life. The sunrise was coming over the rocks as I was like taking strokes. It was beautiful. I get out of the water you know, I, I've got friends cheering me on from the sideline. I'm taking my wetsuit off and getting on my bike. And then you ride 60 miles through the Red Rock Canyons. And you're just like, this is amazing. Like I get to see this. I get to do this. I get to ride my bike, which I just, my whole like theme for life this year is I just want to ride my bicycle. And, you know, but you like, you go from this, like, this is awesome. This is amazing. And I got done with the bike. Victoria, let me tell you, I got off of that bike. And I put my shoes on and to give you an idea, I don't know if any, and if you've ever run central park, but central park is about 300 or so feet of elevation gain, which like you've done Harlem Hill and cat Hill. You're like, woof, these are tough. Our race was almost 1200 feet of elevation on the run only. And that was after 3,200 on the bike. So we get into this half marathon and the first three miles are uphill consistent. There is zero flat surface. I'd on, I'd be on like, this, this is run. the end. VB out. That was it. That was happening. So I'm on this run. I'm like, nope, we're done. We're done. Like, why would I do this? I don't need to do this. I could walk away from this. I paid to do this. I could just give up, right? Like, that's totally a normal thing. And every time, like, you just, you again, you have to have those, like, I can't do this. Okay, I'm good. And then I started, I'm like, you know what? Survive. And it, it did. It, it went from, I'm loving this. I'm a, I'm a strong athlete. I was expecting to run, you know, like an eight to an eight thirty pace on my mileage. I'm running barely nine forty fives, trying to like break nine thirty, and it's just it was humbling is the best word I can say. I was like, you just have to get through this. It doesn't have to look pretty. Your pictures don't have to, to look side. nice. You like your your pace doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to survive this, and it went from doing an Ironman to getting to the next age station at mile two, to getting a popsicle at mile three, to getting another Gatorade at mile four. And it was just like, I had to make these roadblocks. And the last three miles, so the first three miles were uphill. The best thing was the last three miles were downhill. And at that point, I started coming down this downhill. And if you look at my splits, I was in like the 930s on my pace. My last three miles, I got, I think at one point I was like sub six on my miles, like my average pace. I was like flying through this. And again, it was just, you get to that point where it's like, this sucks. This is hard. This is awful. I'm going to quit. And then all of a sudden you just like break through that moment. You're like, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm all right. We're downhill. Like the finish line is there. And then it was just like tears streaming hands flying. You know, I remember them like calling out my name as I crossed the finish line, New York, New York. And I was like, I did it. And like, you know, first thing I did was FaceTime my dad. And I was like, dude, this one's for you. Like you get to watch me do this next time. Like, what are we doing next kind of thing? So, 
So yeah, sorry, it was long winded, but God, it was such an experience. And yeah, no, I mean, and I love, I love hearing about it because I, the reason I fell in love with fitness in general and being an athlete and doing things like you just did is like, there's this, there's always this amazing, incredible parallel between what we're doing physically and what's happening in our lives. And it's like all of the same emotional roller coaster that you go through when you're trying to, you know, run uphill and you're trying and you're like, I want to quit. I want to give up. I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? Right. It's this, it's no different if you're trying to build a business. It's no different if you are trying to just figure anything out in your life or if you're going through the grieving process, even let's say if you're just going through something really hard in your life, it's just so there's all there's these incredible parallels. And I think that fitness is for a lot of people is really hard to get into. It's really hard. And it's hard to find what you love. But I think that is the key is finding what you love. And people give up if they try one workout or they're like, oh, you know, I ran a mile and it was the worst thing ever. Like, well, yeah, you know, like, you, like you got to find the thing that you love. So if it's taking rumble classes, or it's taking a soul cycle class, or it's group fitness, or it's running, or it's swimming, or it's whatever it is. Once you find the thing you love, you can tap into this very cathartic experience of crossing over what we're going through in our personal lives with, with fitness and being an athlete and we're all athletes. So. Yeah. I mean, how many of us have had those moments? And I I say this a lot in my classes, you look, I've taken your class before. I'll never forget like for Christmas, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm going to age myself again. This is probably like 10 years ago. My mom got me a three pack to soul cycle because the five pack was too, it was expensive for her. Right. So she's like, I got you three classes at soul cycle. This is before I was an instructor and I'll never forget. I took a 6am class. I was going through a breakup and I was like, <gasps> like tears, like, so, you know, we've all had those moments and it almost doesn't exist just in everyday life. You never get that that space that you're able to like be a little bit vulnerable. And I think that as an athlete, when you're in this moment of discomfort, right, it is that like vulnerability, even if it is like physically vulnerable, you're like, I'm exhausted. My legs are tired. I'm sweating. There, there's these moments that happen. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they say it, they're like fitness or working out or sweating. Like it's kind of my outlet. And and, I think, yeah, I do. I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, if, if, that's what gets you through because you just, you need a space that you can feel vulnerable and, and work through something. I mean, the amount of times I've said it in my class and I'll always joke, I'm like, if you don't want motivation, you go walk out the door. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to drop it. It's coming like a hammer. And the reality is, is like to get through that third, fourth, fifth round on boxing or in cycling, like you, you have to know that that's the exact same feeling of like when you want to close your business or when you want to walk away from that bad relationship or when you need to leave that job, like there is definitely a connection. And yeah, so. And I love that specifically the race that you ran is also very indicative of like, you know, going uphill, like it's a battle and it's hard, but you get to joy ride down the backside of your mountain whenever you get to the top of it you totally. get to joyride down the backside. So yeah. then that's when it's like, it all makes sense in, in hindsight. And you're like, okay, cool. I did this. And like, you get to that point. You know, you get but to the, the one thing side. I will say, it's really, it's really interesting you say that. Cause one of the big points that I took away from my ride, specifically my bike ride, cause let's be on the run. We're just going to put that in the vault and seal it. We don't want to talk about it anymore, but the bike ride, you know, I remember we were going up through snow Canyon and it's, um, it's the last climb or a mile, like 
40, you know, something. And I did, I had a road bike, so I wasn't on one of those like cool TT triathlon bikes. So I was a little more upright on my road bike and you were going six miles an hour versus 45 to 50 when you go downhill. And I'll never forget, I had this moment going up and I sat up on my bike and I looked around. Meanwhile, I'm in one of the hardest climbs. My bicycle is barely moving. If I stop, I will legitimately fall over because you just, you're connected to your bike. And yet at the same time, as I'm going through this insanely hard climb, I looked around because I was going slow enough to like really see what was happening. Right. So, you know, sometimes when we're in that joy ride on the way down, things are flying by. They're like, they're going so fast. You almost don't see them, right? The, the dinner dates, hanging out with your friends, going on vacation, like everything is good and it goes so fast. But when you're in the challenge, you are at a standstill. But it's also the like, it's also those moments that you can really see things and you like, you actually get to focus for a second because you're going slow enough to like actually acknowledge what's happening around you. And sorry, that was like really deep, but like, it was a big thing that I took away from it. (laughs) So enjoy that that climb. You get to, you get to see things. There's power in going slow and there's power in going fast, but you got to, you know, take it all in every step of the way. I love that. That's right. So let's also like unpack that you, you know, over COVID, like, you know, you started your own thing. You've got your, your set behind you. You have an app, AshFit. You know, she's a rumble trainer, Nike athlete, but also, you know, now you've got your own thing. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. my own shit. You're doing your own shit. Oh, so. so wild. It's still so wild when I get like the notification that I have to update the AshFit app on my phone. I'm like, <laughs> that's mine. At the beginning of the year, you know, I think like everyone in the beginning of, of quarantine and lockdown, I hate to say it, but you kind of had to pivot and, you know, you really had to figure out where you were going. And I think it was the first time I spent more than two weeks out of New York and I've been there for 10 years now. And it was the first time that, you know, yes, I've, I'm with amazing companies. And, you know, by the way, those companies have helped me define who I am, have given me a safe space to also like work as, you know, create Ash. But I think at the end of the day, I had to really sit down and be like, well, who's Ash? And, and what does she, what does she really want to do? And what does she really, what does she love doing? And, you know, I love Rumble. I grew up as a, as a martial artist. I started when I was five, you know, doing karate. You know, I love Nike. But at the same time, I really wanted to make sure that I was like, but like, when I do those things, is that like wholeheartedly what I want to be doing? And again, the reality is, is like, I don't want to leave those things behind, but I think I also want to make sure that I'm preparing for my future and, and just giving myself a space to kind of have some fun. And that's really what this was, was it was fun. You know, I did an ab challenge, a seven day ab challenge, just, you know, as fun, but also to pay my rent, because let's be honest, we still have to pay rent during quarantine. And, you know, it did so well. And it was just, I had this constant feedback from people that were like, I love what you're teaching now because you kind of have a little space to teach what you want. And I love your mobility classes and I love your core classes. And that's nothing of what you can get from me in a studio right now. So I was like, you know what? I was working on this pretty big deal and it fell through, you know, mid last summer. And it was kind of like the rug got pulled out from underneath me. Like you see this whole vision in front of you and all of a sudden it's like, just kidding. That's actually not going to happen. You're back to square one. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. And you know, I, I took almost my entire savings 
And I started building this app. And, you know, my biggest thing was I wanted it, I wanted it to feel like me. I wanted to also work on it. I wanted to do, I wanted to do everything. So it wasn't like, I didn't necessarily want to hire people to work on it. I've always been a big advocate of like, when you do the work, you can see the work. And then once you have a team, you know what they've done, right? Like I, I, there's no job too small. Like I've cleaned studios. I've worked as a barista. I've, you know, like you named it. Like I've worked as a personal assistant. I've done it all because I think you just get so much from it. So I was like, all right, let's build a studio. And I had a space above a garage in California, which is what you see behind me right now. My mom and I, I literally flew my mom out. Um, by the way, it was, I surprised her. So she's never been west of Texas. Oh, and wow. I surprised her with a first class ticket. Cause like, wow. that was such a moment for me that I could like buy her a great ticket. So she flew out. Um, my mom and I have kind of always like tackled things together. And we literally built the walls and we built the studio. Uh, we went to Home Depot, we rented the truck, like we bought the saws, we measured, we literally like hammer to nail glue. We did it. We built it. And I, you know, I did it on a, a massive budget. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm tiny budget. We were building a massive space on a tiny budget. And like, I'll never forget, we like put the walls up, I put the computer on. And like, again, I just kind of started crying. So I was like, that's mine. Like I wanted, I knew I wanted this like, cool lightning bolt. I got like a, a female artist to make the mural behind me, you know, and then all of a sudden I started filming these classes. And I'm like, okay, so now I have to edit this stuff. Cool. So what's Final Cut Pro? How do you edit a right. video and put just a logo? Figure this out as we go. We just I mean, figure my, it out my, as we go. My, the first video that I, I did for the app and I ended up not actually posting it because I just thought it was so terrible. It took me six hours to edit and it was a 10 minute body weight workout. It took me six hours. Granted, now I could do a 45 minute workout and have it edited in 45 minutes, you know? So, but it's like, I had to do all those things. I had to literally just look around and be like, and that's an important do- message for everybody. You yeah. know, it's like in the beginning, things take longer. In the beginning, it's it's figuring it out. It's combing through. It's understanding all of the the things, you know, the pretty. nuts and bolts. It's <laughs> yeah. not pretty. And it might take you a long time, but we can't quit there. We can't give up there because it does eventually get easier. It does get better. We do get, you know, a rhythm, if you will. And so it's about not really giving up. But it's uh, that ash that you uh, created that. You have those moments, right? That... Yeah. Like I was, I was here in the studio by myself filming for hours at a time. I'd get done and have to start editing. And then, you know, it, it was just, it was so wild. And it was very, I was very much in a silo for as, as I built it. And then when you launch right. it, it's like, oh my God, this is real. And it's a process. Um, it was, it was the People most gratifying thing, but hard. On the other side. Always. And I try to be very real, like as much as possible. I try to be like, Here's me having a panic attack coming out of the water for my Ironman swim. Here's me like literally hammering this wall together because, you know, I think that that's the reality that we're, we're kind of all there. We're in a very new landscape. You know, I think we had to let our expectations come down just enough right. to realize that we can do things. You know, before I would have never imagined that I could do my own app or build a studio or do them because it was, well, there's so many things out there that look so much better that have right. millions of dollars of production behind Comparison. them and teams behind them. But, you know, it, I say that you have, you have to see those silver linings. We were all stuck inside for over a year. And at the same time, and mind we, all you, grabbed, we grabbed water jugs and we're like, bicep curls, fine. I yeah, don't care. And wine, yeah, wine bottles, everything. 
yeah. you didn't need it to be perfect. You just need, you needed it to work. You and I think start. you just have yeah, to start. You just no, have I, think, to, I got goosebumps. You just have to go. Because we all the time, we are afraid to start something because we compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter 12. And we're like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be as good or I'm not going to be as great. We cannot compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter 12. That will keep you stagnant. That will keep you where you are. It will make us plateau. You know, we just have to, you have to start where you are and you get to chapter 12. You do, but you only get to chapter 12. my lucky number. 12 is my lucky number. It's my sister number. number. I feel good about, I feel good about chapter 12. (laughs) Yeah. That's how we get to chapter 12 is when we start with chapter one, you know? Yeah. I want to talk about, it's so funny, like how we met and I'm, this is like going to be like a, you know, an outsider perspective, but I'm, I'm curious about it. So we met, you know, at, we went to the ESPYs (laughs) Uh, in, in LA. So I was living in LA at the time and a girlfriend of mine that I was in a sortie with back in college, she's working at Under Armour. So she, she came out and was like, do you want to, you know, we have an extra ticket. Do you want to come to the ESPYs? And I think you were work, were you working at Under Armour? I was working. Yeah. 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 I was actually managing that event. So managing the guest list and the VIPs. Her and I were working it together. Yeah. Okay, great. Cool. So, (laughs) so we like walk the red carpet. We meet like five minutes prior and like we're walking the red carpet at the ESPYs. It's like, it was like surreal that night. It was like really, really cool. And, you know, you're surrounded by all these athletes and, you know, being two people that like work out for a living, you know, it it was just a really neat thing. And like, I'm always really inspired by athletes and their stories and and who they are behind their sport. And, and so it was just really cool to be there. But I remember... I think at the time, like, this is going to be an outsider. This is going to be me guessing, okay? I think at the time, like, you really, really, really wanted to be an Under Armour athlete. And who I was at the time is I was dying to be signed by Adidas. Dying. (laughs) I wanted to be with Adidas so badly and I remember like, you know, of course, we, I started following you on Instagram and I feel like you were posting Under Armour stuff all the time because you work there too. And I'm posting Adidas stuff like all the time. And so like, I'm going off on a tangent and I could be totally wrong about this, but you ended up at Nike. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't end up at Under Armour and I didn't end right. up at Adidas, which is like, was I remember being like, it just, so I ended up at Under Armour and like, do you think we end up where we're supposed to be? You know, I don't. I don't think that we end up where we're supposed to be. I think that we're, we're moving through where we are. And, oh, like you know, it's, it's interesting because you can say, you know, oh, I was, I was meant to like land at Under Armour or at Nike. But the reality is, it's like, it's just, it's just where you are at that moment. And yeah. I do think that, you know, decisions have to be made to get to that point. So again, yeah. like you're in this, this product of a decision or or the product of your environment or a decision that someone else made right because let's be honest the only reason that i was able to call myself like a nike trainer was the fact that someone else made a decision that pushed me into this 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 new world so you know i i've always said that i always try not to put this like i'm meant to be here but just make it i'm here right? This reality of like, I'm here. You know what? It also, it creates a little bit less of a little less pressure around it that, that you have to stay there. And I think that's a really, I think that's a really powerful place to be is I'm here, but I'm not always going to be here and I'm here and I don't have to stay here. Like I can enjoy it. And like, how amazing is it that I get to experience this? But like, 
I'm also I'm also more than that, right? Like if if at any moment you wanted to completely shift careers or you know I mean, whatever it is, it's easier to be like, you know what, this was awesome, this was great, like I loved being here, and then be able to like move forward. But if you if you only consider yourself the person you are in that moment as like a this is I'm supposed to be here, you create these roots that hold you there rather than and then creating more of a path to keep to keep moving forward, I guess. Yeah, so, I feel that I just, I don't know, for me, it was like, it felt like sometimes we have tunnel vision on this specific goal. This was is my story on it. You know, you have tunnel vision on this specific goal. And it's like when you you fixate on it so hard, it's like you have these blinders and you're missing all of these other opportunities or other paths that you could go down. Yeah. So for me, I I actually feel like, yeah, like I did end up where I was supposed to be. And it's like I was so fixated on one thing, but like I just feel like, you know, when you take the blinders off and you allow life to guide you in alignment, you end up, you know, somewhere that you maybe didn't think you would be. And then that is like the most, I don't know, it's it's just way more in alignment with who you are. And for me, that's just like kind of how I felt. Like I noticed a lot of times in my life when I was younger, I would fixate on specific things and find out those things weren't for me. And what's for you can never miss you. You know? Oh, oh, I felt that, girl. Yeah, I mean, no, it's true. It's I think it's that kind of along the same lines as me saying, like, we had to lower our expectations just enough to be able to, like, actually see what our capabilities were and are, right? And it's the right. same thing. Yeah, like, you, you almost have to, like, you have to expand that peripheral vision a little bit. You have to, you know, you have to, like, widen that view of what could be. And then all of a sudden you see something that you would have never imagined. And whether it be working with a specific brand, right? Like the goal is still the same, right? But you allowed yourself to like open up to seeing something, seeing something differently. So yeah, I mean, we're here. I mean, I know there's like, it's like so many people out there that are like, oh, wow, like Nike, like that's so cool. And you know, you're a rumble trainer and you know, you're just doing all the stuff and all the things. So, you know, (laughs) I hope you take time to be proud of yourself too, because I think so many of Thank us, you. we forget all, we're always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing that we forget to pause in the moment and be proud of everything that we've done in the past, everything that makes us who we are today. And there's so many times that we forget that we have these certain things in our lives right now that we dreamt of for so long. And that's all of us. Anybody on the other side of this who's listening, you know, there's something to every listener out there. There's something in your life right now that you dreamt of for many, many years. And now you have that thing, whether it's a job or a relationship or a position at work or, you know, whatever it is, there is something in every single one of our lives or a car, even whatever it is, you know, <laughs> uh, that you dreamt of. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so we have it, but we just are like it's constantly. We're so hard on ourselves all the time about like trying to achieve the next thing, achieve the next thing, achieve the next thing, and we just forget to pause for a moment and remember yeah. how far we've I come. Mean, I also think that's you know very much our generation is that we're we're so used to like the quick change, like what's next. Okay, like you know you you hit this check mark of like done, done, done. You know, like right. think about it. You scroll through any kind of feed on a social media and it's like you're there for seconds and then you go right and i think the reality is we forget to like sit down turn our phone up and grab a book mm. <laughs> like we forget yeah. to 
to kind of slow it down and, and really get to enjoy, you're right, like enjoy some of these things, like li- like live it up wherever you are. So, you know, keep looking forward, but always never, ever like, you know, take advantage of sitting down and looking back and being like, I did that. I climbed yeah. that mountain. <laughs> yeah. So, And we're living, you know, so much of our lives on social media too, which is just everywhere we go, whether, whether that's something that you're personally sharing all the time or like watching other people share all of their lives, you know, and, and it's a lot. And so a lot, (laughs) yeah, very much a lot. It's always, I always say it's like, I mean, we're just an information overload with those things. And especially, you know, that's, that's why it's so easy for us to just compare to something else and someone else's chapter. It's, and I think it's also aligning with changing as we go, you know, have there, have there been times in your life when you shared like way too much and then now you're different in like the way that you share things and, you know, you've evolved in the way that you share things. Yeah. You know, I read something the other day and and I forget actually where now, but it was super powerful because it was, you have the power to change your mind. And, And that goes with anything. You have the power to like change your career. And, you know, again, it really comes back down to like being able to change your mind. So, yeah, I think being okay with that, right? Like if it, at some point, you know, I used to teach like a quote unquote, like toning workout and, you know, workouts that promoted, you know, I, I've definitely posted before about like summer bodies and I've posted before mm-hmm. about like toned arms. And now I'm like, I don't use the word toned in anything and I don't ever talk about, but who I was six years ago, eight years ago is is wildly different than who I am now. And we can evolve and we can change our minds and we can continue to learn. And I think that's, you know, we just have to keep seeing that and remembering that. And it's okay to look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I actually said that. And like, know that you've, you've changed since then. So. Right. Yeah. Especially with that language is really powerful with, you know, including everybody as an athlete and everybody is beautiful and, you know, there's no specific way to look or tone or summer, your summer body is the same as your winter body is the same, same as your one. fall body. It's the same one, guys. <laughs> like news it's the flash, same, it's, it's the, the same, same one you're gonna have in ten years, and it's the same one you yeah. had ten years ago. So yeah. you just got to keep going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I especially love that evolution because it's it's super important, and there's still a lot of people out there who have not evolved in that in that way, and it's it's really important. It's a, it's a very powerful, like mental, it's a mental breakthrough that you have to, you have to find, you have to just like be able to change that internal dialogue for those things. And sometimes that's hard to like, you have to learn the hard way. It's not fun, but sometimes you got to run into that brick wall first before you can change some things, including how we, how we, we message the things that we want to get across. How we communicate matters. There's also this Instagram versus reality and what people are seeing versus what's actually happening and what's actually going on in the background of people's lives that they don't see, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny, like you and I connected before, you know, people are like, you're so, you're so private now about some things, you know? And and I think that we all, we kind of like grow and we ebb and flow and, you know, a big thing with social media that, and especially myself that I've struggled with is, you know, when we first started social media, like we didn't have all these filters and all these like video editing things. We just kind of had to like put stuff up and it was kind of, it was very real. And then we went through this wave of sharing these everything. Apps came, these apps came out that like made everything look perfect. And yes. And then we became these like 
oversharing. Remember when stories hit Instagram, all of a sudden we, it went from like having a post a day or a post a week to you're putting up 15 to 20 little 15 second episodes of your life. And there was very much this pressure for it to look perfect. And yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's, it's been enough time, but most people know that, you know, a few years ago, I was in a, a relationship that was wildly public and to everyone on the outside, it was perfect. And it was like fitness here, classes there, brand sponsorships, like you, you, you name it. And it was like, wow, you guys are like, this is great. And your life must be perfect. And, you know, in reality, I was in a, a wildly abusive situation. And, you know, I think it's really important sometimes to talk about those things and also like how what you see is not always what you're getting, but also like realizing that what like people can look like they have it together, but you can really be struggling. And, you know, I'll never forget, I was teaching um, a sold out 1045 class on a Saturday, which, you know, like that Saturday morning energy, like it's there, there. you know, I was going through some pretty heavy stuff and I was in round two of my class and everything started to get blurry. And I was like, this is okay. This is weird. And then I started to get really hot. And then I started to like, feel like I couldn't catch my breath. And I'm standing in this room of 60 people, the music's blasting, everything is like going crazy. And I feel like I can't see. And I, we have this like button that we call the front desk to ask for like, you know, we, we, we call well that and we like, if we're calling people into class. And I remember I went to dem I went to demo something and I was just like, okay, you guys are going to do squats and mountain climbers. And then I leaned back against the DJ booth and I turned the lights down and started the round. I just, hit play and I was like, go. And like, so that way I could figure out what's going on. And I called the front desk and I, and I was just like, I, I need something. And I, I couldn't get words out. And one of the girls in the class who was like a rumble, you know, she's taken 300 something classes, knew that something was going on was off, yeah. and, and walked up to the stage and she's, and she's like, are you okay? And I think the second that like, I knew someone was there at that point, I just remember the room was like spinning. And, you know, if you've ever been in a rumble class, it's dark, there's lights, like, but I remember seeing these lights like moving. Meanwhile, I have a mic on, I'm teaching 60 people a class. So somehow the I took the mic off. I think, you know, another instructor was in the building and kind of just walked in and started teaching. I like stumbled my way back to the back of, you know, one of our, in our office. And I remember I like walked in and I just like completely blacked out. I hit my head on one of the lockers. I woke up and there was like a paramedic standing over top of me. Then the next thing I knew I'm in an ambulance being brought to the hospital and it was terrifying. And it was, it was like, what, what just happened? And, you know, I've, I've heard a lot about people who are like, you know, wildly successful having these moments and going through a panic attack and not actually being able to say like, I had a panic attack. And that was the reality of it. And I was desperate for anyone to see that I was struggling. I was desperate for anyone to ask me if if I was okay, if everything that they saw online was actually real. When in reality, I went home and I was scared to be at home because there were cameras on me. I couldn't say no to partnership deals. I, if I sent an email wrong, there was repercussions. I wasn't allowed to hang out 
with a lot of my friends anymore because they weren't going to benefit me. They weren't going to push my business forward. So I wasn't allowed to talk to them. And I, you know, I was trying to get out of this relationship and I, I, the night before I went and looked at an apartment in secrecy. And so the next morning I thought that I had kind of been like caught and it was right before my class. And I literally, I literally had a panic attack in the middle of a class. I hit my head. They said I, I may have had a seizure because of it. Like I, I, how terrifying is it that like my body had to literally shake itself and be like, you are not okay. You are not okay for me to actually be like, okay, something's wrong. (laughs) Something is massively wrong. And I finally was able to like, to one of my closest friends be like, I don't know what's happening. I'm not okay. I don't feel safe. I need to get out. And that's literally how it happened. And it was just from there, it was just like one step to the next. And, you know, my entire life was fused and connected with someone else with another story. And I had to like gradually start to like separate that and, and reclaim my space and, you know, be like, actually I'm, I'm Ash. I'm not Ash. And, you know, I I really went through this. And I think, you know, people saw one side of that story for a long time. I've never been very vocal about it because I, I, I do believe that I like to be a bigger person sometimes and walk and walk away from things. I think that people see the reality of it, but also it's okay to kind of be private about it. So yeah, it's, you know, I think, you know, a little over two years ago, I had that moment of, you know, everyone thought that, you know, I was kind of at the top of everything. And then for me, I was at the very bottom and I didn't have any furniture. And I I literally, I have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. I have a picture. It was like me, Mia, a mattress and my bicycle in an empty apartment. I had nothing else. I was $30,000 in debt, not because of myself. And I just, you know, I was like, you know what? Back your identity. It it doesn't matter. You know why? Because like, I'm safe. I've got a door that I've got a key to and only I have a key to. And you know what? I've got, I have friends around me. I have this job. Like, and I just kind of, I just picked up and I started, I started again. And that's, that's really what it was is I had to start again. And you built yourself back up in such a more powerful way. I did. And you know, it's, do I ever want to say that I needed to go through that? No. I don't want to ever say that I needed to go through that, but the reality is, is I went through it. And I think a lot of, a lot of people are in those spaces and it's really hard to talk about being in abusive situations. It's really hard to say that word because I'm also, I, I'm very afraid of like, I don't want to hurt other people. I don't want to throw people into a different light, but the reality is like, you have to be able to acknowledge like things that are happening. And well, I 100% I've had people can understand what you're saying. Cause I, I went through a similar situation myself. And it's funny because I realize so many people have gone through similar situations and it took me about two years to realize, oh, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship. That's again, what was girl. happening. Yeah. And it took me <laughs> it took me a full two years afterwards to realize that was what was happening because I think people get confused. They think, okay, abuse is physical. Abuse shows a mark on your body. Like and that's not the case all the time. There are so many other different layers and levels to that that we go through. And like, there is a real thing called emotional abuse. And I, and it's, it's insane to think about because a lot of like the, sh- like strongest women I know and men go through this too, but strongest people I know 
have found themselves in these kind of situations or are finding themselves in this kind of situation right now in this very moment. And it takes your friends might be able to see it around you or your family might be able to see it. But the thing is, like, we can't get out of it until we're ready. You can't. You can't. And people can say it to you. You'll lose friends. I lost quite a few. You'll, you know, and I think, you know, for, for the longest time, I never said anything. I never talked about it afterwards. I just wanted to, I just wanted to move on. And, you know, as I started to maybe open up to like one person here, another person there, like the, the, the people that come out and are like, oh my God, I didn't realize that you were going through that. It immediately goes into I also, and then you would never imagine that these people have been in these situations. I could never imagine that you were in that situation, right? Some people would look at me and they're like, like you just ran an Ironman. Like you couldn't walk away from that relationship. And the reality is, is like, sometimes you can't. And I do think, you know, you're right. You may not have a cut. There may not be a Band-Aid, but there is some, there are some very deep, painful things that go down. And I think it is really important that we continue to talk about those things. The same thing with like mental health, anxiety, depression. Like we have to continue to voice and talk about it because we have the opportunity to do that. And for someone else to hear, oh, this strong woman, this man who looks like, looked like they have it all together was actually a victim in a situation that I feel very much connected to, you know, so I finally got to that point where I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's a little hard to talk about. But if I can talk about it, and some someone somewhere listens to this podcast, and they are just like, Oh, my God, that's me like they're raising their hand in the back, like, but wait, I feel like I'm in an emotionally abusive situation. Like, yes, Right. And I think that's a very big thing. That is a very big thing. You know what? If your emotional abuse is you can't eat that or your emotional abuse is like negative words that are that are spoken to you or you're not allowed to do that, like whatever it is, you don't need a reason to walk away. You don't have to explain it. You don't even have to put that label on it and say, you know what? This is an abusive situation. You just need to be like, nope. And you got to get out. And I think that was the big thing for me was like, I had to have a reason because everybody was going to look at me like what happened and there was going to be this microscope, you know, on me and the relationship. And right. Because there are the these manipulative is, people who have this way about them where, you know, I don't know what your, what your ex was like, but for me, it was like, you know, he was very charismatic. He lit up any room he walked into. Everyone was like, oh, he's so wonderful. You're so lucky. So I was like, well, man, I must be an idiot if I walk I away from that. I must be missing something. Yeah, I must be crazy. Yeah, I must be crazy. Look at, all, stupid or silly. Look at yeah. these opportunities I have, right? Like that. that's another thing that holds us there is like there's something that's like, well, yeah, but if I leave, I, I don't have furniture. I don't have an apartment to go to or... I don't have credit cards to use because they're connected or tied or maxed out. Like I don't, you find the reasons to stay and, and really what you have to do is focus on the reasons to leave and to get out and to make that change. It like just the biggest thing that, and if, and, and I'm so like, if anyone would have said this before, and I know I didn't believe it is like, people will be there. Like someone will be there. And if you really ask for help, even if it's that friend that you no longer talk to because they were like, I can't be a part of this anymore because I can't see it. I guarantee you, if you walk to that person, you're like, I need help. For me, 
it was someone who worked at the front desk at Rumble, right? For me, it was a leasing agent at a building that I, you know, I walked into and was like, I need help. I am in a very scary situation and I need to get out in four days. And right, like people will show up for you, but you first have to acknowledge it. You have to say it. It has to be like very real. And then you just have to like put one foot in front of the other and you cannot look back until you are out of that situation. It's big. It's big stuff. I've actually never, I never talked about it. So thanks for allowing me to kind of talk about it publicly, but yeah. Of course. Thanks for being vulnerable enough to share your story. But here we are. Here we are, right? On the other side of it. So. And thank God for for your dog, Mia. (laughs) She's right beside me. She always is. That girl. Get a dog. She doesn't doesn't even know what, like what she's done for me, literally. But my fluff, my fluff butt child, she's the best. Got me through it. What are shifting gears? What's what's coming down the pipeline next? What are you working on? Anything you want to share or talk about? Oh, you know, I think I've finally gotten to a place where like, you know, I've launched this business and, you know, I'm still like working at Rumble and, and doing all these classes. But, you know, now it's it's actually like investing that time and it's investing the energy. And, you know, exactly. Right. And look, it's very cool when you get to announce that you've launched a business. It's very cool when you get to like, do the fun stuff, right? It's really hard to sit down and like strategize and budget and to grow it and to talk about what's next. So I'm really excited. You know, I just launched the, the my band set, um, which I worked on and it was supposed to launch almost like six months ago and it didn't, it took forever. You know, I'm, I'm launching a new program and, you know, just I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. So I'm trying my hardest not to look too far forward definitely enjoying this time of getting to be in this space and to build the space. I want to do some like personal soul searching things. So for the first time, I'm, I'm actually like walking away from the studios for a little bit at a time. So I'm away from New York for almost a month. And they're like, you're not going to teach in person. I'm like, but I'll be back and I'll teach here. And, you know, I'm making sure that I'm giving myself the opportunity to take those times. So, you know, this year I have a few bucket list things. Like I want to ride my bike from New York to Toronto as soon as the border opens. That's like one of these things I want to do. So I want to like backpack, like tour it a little bit. And, you know, last year I had this like crazy goal that was supposed to happen in May. And obviously the world kind of shut down and locked up. But, you know, I think next spring I'm going to ride my bike coast to coast is kind of like my big goal. So I'm really excited to like work on this business and create this space that allows me to also do other things that I would love. So, yeah. So I think we're just, we're gonna enjoy. We're gonna we're gonna live it up, and I'm just gonna ride my bicycle. That's that's my plan. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, last question is: What is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh gosh, this is a big one. Yeah, and it's simple, and it's it's basic, and you've heard it before. Don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> it's so it's so scary to say. Don't be afraid to just go all in and it not work and learn from it, pick up, redirect, keep going. You're always going to have that struggle. You'll always fall. You'll always fail. And like, it's the reason that I've got this, you know, this word painted on a big wall. It's, you know, being unstoppable is not actually being invincible and, and you won't be. So go after it, have some fun, you know, be real to yourself, be your best 
self, right? In the reality of just doing what you want. And if it doesn't work, cool stuff. Something else will. That's right. Yeah. Take off the pressure. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, for opening up, for sharing so much of your heart um, and your personal story. Uh, I think there's so much to be inspired by, but by all that you are and all that you're going through and are tackling in your life. So really want to thank you. And you can find her on Instagram at Ash Wilking. That's right. Right. And yeah, so thanks so much for being here. Love you, girl. Thanks. Talk about a girl who is so multifaceted, right? And understanding, you know, there's that line where they say, check on your strong friends, right? It's like, here's this girl who has got it all going on and she does, but we all go through things and we face things and, and there's, you know, someone maybe in your family who is not doing well and you're going through that and simultaneously you're trying to achieve all these things on a personal note. And simultaneously, you know, years ago she was fighting to get out of a relationship that was no longer serving her. And it's like we go through so much And I think if there's one thing that I feel like I always will touch on in this podcast, it's that we are not alone in the things that we face in this life. We are not alone. You probably know at least one other person in your life who's going through something very similar that you're going through, or you know someone who's gone through it and gotten to the other side of it. And we're just not alone in our experiences. We're not alone in our emotions. We're not alone in the things that we go through. And so it's also just important to recognize that. And also, and also know that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I'm not okay, and to ask for help. And so I am so grateful that Ash came on today to share a little bit of her personal story to recognize that in all of us, you know, that we can get to the other side of hard things. We can climb to the top of a mountain. We can joyride down the other side. We can be in shit relationships and find our way out of them, right? It's the highs, the lows. I've said it before, but it's the highs and the lows and it's everything in between and knowing that we need the highs and we need the lows in order to make us whole, That's what makes us who we are. That's what makes you who you are. So I hope that you found some inspiration in today's episode. And as always, as soon as it's over, I hope you're ready to go out and crush your day and remind yourself that you're a human, right? You're not going to get it right all the time. And that's okay. So make sure you follow us, you guys, at Very Best Self is the pod page. You can also follow me at Victoria Brown, all the stuff, all the things. And most importantly, like, please, please, please hit five stars and make sure you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's how we keep this thing going. And that's how we keep it growing. Please share this episode with someone you love. And if you've got the time, by all means, write a little review, you know? We love to see it. We love to see it. I love to read them. I appreciate you. Hang in there. You can do hard things. Have a kick-ass day. As always, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you for listening to today's episode, for hitting that subscribe button, and maybe most importantly, for leaving a positive review. 
If you loved this episode, please pay it forward and share it with someone that you love. That's how we keep this thing going. You can find me on Instagram at Victoria Brown or connect with me and the Very Best Self Squad on our pod page at Very Best Self. Don't forget, no matter where you are on your journey, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. I'll see you next time, squad.